Hi, welcome to the Not Your Average Life Coach podcast. My name is Kay Wilson and I'm a self-empowerment coach and intuitive energy healer. And I am obsessed with helping you step into the most powerful version of yourself. If you are ready to overcome your self-doubt, transform your relationship with love, money and self-worth and start creating the future you that you have always dreamed of becoming, you're in the right place. My desire with this podcast is to help you transform the relationship you have with yourself by sharing with you tools and perspectives that will help you actualize the life you have dreamed of creating. Treat this podcast as your own personal treasure trove of rich ideas, practices and teachings that will transform your day-to-day experience. Hello everybody. I'd love to talk to you about self-sabotage today because I believe that that is actually the biggest pandemic out there. It is something that affects all of us and it can be crippling. It can cause profound depression if it's left unchecked. And and I think that so many people take it for granted that the voice inside their head that is perpetually critiquing their every movement is normal. And what I'm really happy to see that this growing self-improvement movement is actually shedding light on the truth that experiencing continual conflict within oneself is not acceptable and it is not normal. And there are actually pathways that can help you live in a peaceful way. And I don't mean like creating world peace so please do that if that's possible for you um more just recognizing that you can create peace within yourself and it's about understanding how to do that and today I want to share with you pathways that will hopefully help you start to create internal change that will help you feel better if self-sabotage is something that profoundly affects your life Um, And to be clear, self-sabotage doesn't only happen to everybody, it happens to everyone in different ways and in varying degrees. And what I want to talk to today is how you can start to change the way that you relate to it, because you can't eliminate it overnight. unless you're potentially using plant medicine, which can have that effect in certain circumstances. Um, But that's for another podcast. Um, No, it is a process and it's about managing it initially and then getting to a place where you no longer need to manage it because it's actually just not happening because the way that you've managed it has actually dispersed the energy behind it the momentum behind it which means that it's actually no longer needed and I'm using these words really carefully because self-sabotage from my perspective and what I've experienced and witnessed in my clients that I work with self-sabotage is an injury of the heart it is basically a signal that is telling you and trying to actively get your attention, which is why it is so relentless and powerful and destructive. It's because it's this internal scream for help. 
and it's being manifested through a narrative that is really uncomfortable. And, you know, it's interesting because as a healer, an energy healer doing Reiki, you know, working, moving energy around people's body. That's what I do. I move energy around people's body. And the reason I do all these podcasts and all the stuff I do on Instagram with the coaching techniques is because if I can change your mind, I change your energy because I change the way that you feel. If I can't change the way that you think, then I will try to assist your body and change the way or affect change on the way that your energy is moving in your system. So really understanding that the way that you perceive something is really, really important to your mental health is the key to understanding self-sabotage because self-sabotage, as I said, is an internal screen. It's your body calling out for, or sorry, it's your heart calling out and saying, the thing that I'm giving you a hard time about is a part of you that needs healing. So every time you experience that voice telling you you're not good enough, you can't do that, don't do that, it's scary, don't say that it's not good enough, it's too scary, you're not any, you know, all the lists and reasons it gives you, every time that voice goes into hyperdrive, what's really happening is there's an aspect of you from your past, recent or ancient, that has experienced something that has left you with a belief that you should not go into that area, whatever it might be that you're about to do or situation that you're in, it's warning you off it. And it's doing that because the the prior experience caused you pain. So in a weird way, it can be trying to protect you. And a lot of people talk about inner child work. And I do think that self-sabotage is largely created by a lot of inner child wounding. By that, I mean experiences that happened when you were a child that left you with these beliefs about yourself because it created suffering for you. And so this voice is related to that. I don't think it's limited to inner child work. I think it can be associated with this whole series of past experiences. And I've witnessed many times them being from past lives as well. So you can have a really irrational anger, fear, grief scenario that comes up for you that you have no logical explanation for, but it's because of something that happened to you once, maybe two, three, 10, 20 times in 20 different lifetimes or one different lifetime, doesn't matter. The point is it's something that's happened that's left this trace of pain. And it's that that is being represented through the self-sabotaging narrative that is going on in your head. And your body does the same thing. It creates pain in your body. It creates illness in your body for you to stop and take stock of what's going on in your body. And your body will get more and more seriously ill if you're not creating change in your life, if you're not actually stopping to reflect on where you are with yourself, with your life and doing things that line up for you. When you are living a life that is aligned with your heart, when you're living a life that really speaks to who you are 
really honestly and clearly and brings you joy, you are not in pain, you do not get ill, and your mind is at peace. These are three indicators <laughs> that you're living the life that feels good to you. And feeling good is a big key, but I'm going to touch upon that later. Okay, so I just wanted to flag with you up front that your body and your heart are communicating with you all the time through aches and pains and illness as well as through narrative it has to use these what feels like very destructive techniques because obviously the more subtle nudges it's given you haven't got your attention and so it's using whatever it can at its disposal to get you to stop and actually pay attention and listen to your heart and listen to your body and see what needs to change. This is why energy healing is so effective because it really helps you connect with those past experiences and bring them up to the surface and deal with them. Therapy is also really effective at doing this. Any sort of um, self-help or guided support in that world is helpful in that regard. I, I find a lot of people who um, get cancer suddenly, you know, turn to, yeah, all the traditional therapies, but they'll also start to come see people like me and other people that they wouldn't have prior, that they wouldn't have previously gone to. And it's cancer that has forced them to seek out new alternatives in life, but has primarily been a massive changing point in their life and helped them actually turn down completely different pathways to the one they were on. So that's what I mean, like change can come or growth and expansion and self um, exploration can come from the most seemingly destructive and painful experiences. But if that's what it takes, then that's what will be manifested. That's what your body will do. And let me just clear up what I've just said about manifested. Okay. The reality is that we are manifesting all the time. Every single thing in our experience is a manifestation. And why would you manifest cancer, you might ask me? Well, the, rea well, the way I see it is that we each have our physical 3D self, and we all have a soul self or our higher self or whatever it is, however you refer to your spirit essence, okay? And I'm, and this version of you is the part of you that is the most true. It is the part of you that is elevated above all the lifetimes you've ever experienced. It is elevated above the attachments you have to your body right now, to this life right now. It knows you deeply on levels that you may not even fully understand yourself. It knows every single thing about you. It is you, it is the purest part of you. And your soul essence is constantly in alignment with the purest desire that you have it is always trying to guide you the easiest possible way to what your heart truly desires and the tricky thing is you may be so caught up 
in what you've been taught by your parents, taught by your upbringing, taught by your experiences, that you may have completely lost sight of your heart's desire. And so it might take something as seemingly destructive as a severe illness to take you so far out of a fortress of reality that you've created, which has been based on a misunderstanding of who you really are, to actually drag you back into alignment with your unique heart calling. And so when I say we've manifested it, it's not been a conscious manifestation. It's a subconscious manifestation that has been brought about by our soul aspect, really looking out for us and actually trying to get us back into sync with the most pure part of who we are. And despite the journey being really horrific, it actually can bring about very good outcomes. My father, for example, came down with leukemia a few years back and his life was in grave danger. And, and he, prior to leukemia, had been a devoutly religious man and really was quite caught up in a perspective of life that was very limited in many ways. And coming down with leukemia actually well, it took me back to England where I sat with him. And up until that point, he'd kind of seen me as this kind of loose hippie, which is fair enough. Um, but I sat there and I explained to him that I could help him by supporting him energetically. But I also wanted him to understand what he really was. And I started to explain the whole soul aspect of who he was. And of course, saying all these things to a religious person is quite confronting. But he actually, because he was effectively on his knees, you know, metaphorically speaking, in terms of desperate, he actually came along for the ride. And he did do chemo, but at the same time, he was doing lots of work with me. We were doing lots of energetic clearing and reintegrating and recalibrating. And dad's prognosis had been really bad. I mean, the doctor says that he calls him her miracle because he has completely recovered from leukemia, completely. But in the process, become an entirely different person. I'm not saying this is down to just energy work. I'm not saying it's just down to the medical profession either. I'm saying it's a co-creation of both, but primarily my dad's willingness to change. And it's actually, and we both talk about it very easily and openly now, and we laugh about it. And we're like, God, can you believe the person that you were and who you are now and how much better off you are and how much happier you are? But he couldn't see this version of himself from where he was prior to leukemia. So that's just an example of how these things can really profoundly take us on a very dark ride, but actually bring us to a place which is so much better. So, and obviously this doesn't happen in every single circumstance. Everyone is different and everyone's life journey is different. But my point here is that there are bigger forces at work, bigger forces coming from you actually, that are architecturally creating a life experience for you that is actually working in your favor. It's just about understanding how you can line up with it so that 
life doesn't need to throw you these massive curveballs in order to help get you there. Now, self-sabotage is one of the ways that you can start to understand where your blind spots are. Because the areas in which you are sabotaging yourself will indicate to you the areas that need healing, the areas that reflect the parts of you that have experienced suffering, that have left you with the belief that this voice is trying to enforce upon you. So there are three things I want to share with you specifically today around self-sabotage. And the first is understanding, and I've touched on this before, but your inner narrative, okay? And the reason that your inner narrative is so important is because you're the person that hears it all the time. And I've said inner narrative, but I also mean outer narrative. <laughs> Everywhere you're speaking, your thoughts and the way that you talk to others, you're the one that also hears what you say to other people every day. For example, you go to work on a Monday and everyone you meet on the way greets you and you turn around and say, oh, it's Monday, I hate Mondays, to every single person. Who's the person that heard, has heard that being said most? You, right? So you're brainwashing yourself. I hate Monday, I hate Monday, I hate Monday. You might wake up one Monday and it's your birthday, your partner's made you breakfast, everything, you've got a great workday lined up and it's fantastic, but still feel gray about it because you've programmed yourself to hate Mondays. So you see the inner narrative and the outer narrative are just as important as each other. People tend to be far more concerned about their outer narrative than they are their inner narrative. And that to me is a real oversight. What you say to yourself is where you stand the greatest chance of changing your relationship with self-sabotage. I'm going to come into that <clears throat> in more detail very shortly. But initially, I just want to flag that what we really want to do with our narrative is be really observant of how we're expressing ourselves. And what we'll often find is talking because we've been so programmed to be socially acceptable that the way that we talk to others is actually our gateway to change the way we talk to ourselves because if we refuse to use uh, lower vibrational speech patterns with the people around us we will become less willing to do it to ourselves as well um, and let me explain what i mean by lower vibrational speech patterns so I want you to start thinking about the way that what you're saying feels. So like I just used the example, I hate Monday. That doesn't feel like a good thing, does it? You don't say I hate Monday and feel light and giddy afterwards. <laughs> Quite the opposite. It's a depleting experience. And as I've also touched upon in prior podcasts, negative and positive speech is really important negative depletes that minus sign for negative says it all right negative uh, narratives take your energy they take from you so when you're saying oh that person over there looks terrible in that outfit 
or oh my goodness look at the way that that person's decorated their house I could have done it so much better okay all those things have an energy attached to them that is depleting it doesn't feel good to us and we know in our heart of hearts that's not actually how we want to show up and so it's a lower vibration you are constantly existing on a vibrational scale. Everything in your experience, everything you can see under a microscope is atoms and molecules all vibrating together at different speeds. And they are held together. They look like hard objects because they vibrate so fast and so quickly that they look like a mass and they actually magnetically repel you. Okay, so that's why things appear and feel hard. But the reality is that everything is literally little balls of energy vibrating. And your speech is a sound, it's a tone that also has a vibration. And it creates an effect in this soup of energy that we are existing in. And it impacts your body's energy and the way, most importantly, that you feel. So the way you feel is your personal guide to where your energy is sitting. So you can tell what kind of energy you're putting out there by the way that you feel about it. So take a moment, how do you feel about your partner? How do you feel about your job? How do you feel about your finances? The way you feel is the energy you're putting towards it, okay? And so what we want to do is continually raise our vibration. They call enlightenment, enlightenment for a reason, because the more enlightened you become, the more light you're letting into your body, okay? And that's because you're vibrating at faster and faster rates. So when we use speech that raises our vibration, when we use positivity as a tool, positivity as the plus sign would indicate, brings energy it, it's an addition to your life okay and it creates positive feelings uplifting feelings which are energizing to us okay so it's really helpful when we become very conscious of the way that we're speaking because we can then execute control over the way that we respond to life because we start to take responsibility for what we're saying when you respond you take responsibility when you react to life there's no responsibility there's just simple reaction and that actually doesn't help us tangibly in any powerful way so the more that we can start to use our awareness around our speech and the way that we're showing up, the more we'll be able to start to affect change on the way that we're thinking, because we don't, we will find it increasingly difficult, as I said earlier, to talk down to another and sorry, to talk up to another and not start to talk up to ourselves, okay? And also just using our awareness on that internal voice, you know, observing how am I talking to myself? And, you know, and the more we become clear on that, the more we move into what I would like to call like the second part of this, okay? So what I'm, what I'm actually doing here with the three things I'm sharing with you is I'm taking you through this kind of, um, process which kind of starts at the 
on the shallow end and moves into the deep end. So like from surface level, we're just gonna get deeper and deeper with the techniques, okay? So the second technique, which leads on from that self-narrative is purification. Now, purification is about keeping your energy in a, as clean a place as possible, okay? <clears throat> so as I mentioned earlier, we have this soul aspect of ourselves, okay, that is the most pure, aligned part of who we are. And for the sake of giving you a visual, that part of you we'll call like this ray of light, okay, that moves down the middle of you, okay? So it's at the core of your being. Self-sabotage is like a shadow, that passes over that light because it's blocking our light. The more self-sabotage we experience, the more cloud we live in. The less clarity we have on life, the less confidence we have on life, the, the less our ability to shine brightly. And that's simply because our light is getting covered up by these misunderstandings about who we are. And so what we want to do is obviously start to clear this cloud, okay? And beginning with that self-narrative and awareness, that's a great start. That's a really great start because it means that we're no longer affirming negativity. We're no longer inviting negativity consciously in through our words and our thoughts. That's a massive shift right there, okay? But where are the other areas in our life that we do invite negativity in without realizing it? Okay, the, the things that we watch on television. Okay, if you watch a lot of thrillers or horrors or um, a lot of violence, you're exposing your system to a lot of things which don't have great vibrational energy to them. Okay, I know this might seem like, oh no, you mean I can't watch Crime Watch anymore? <laughs> No, frankly. <laughs> and I know this can be really confronting for people, but the reality is the more you're exposing yourself to things that don't have a, a high flying vibration, the more easily you're going to be affected by increasing negativity, okay? Because you're absorbing it. If you're watching, if you continually watch movies where guys cheat on women, you're going to start believing that's what men always do. Okay, for example, and vice versa, if you're a man, if women are always cheating. So it's, you know, it's, it's actually common sense, but it's so insidious in our culture that we don't recognize that these things are actually constantly affecting us. And moreover, we're constantly being barraged by all of this energy all the time. If you think about it, when you scroll through your social media, there's a variety of things that are leaping out at you and you are feeling consistently responses to what you're seeing as you scroll. And that's because you're energetically responding to what you are exposing yourself to. So purification is, it's not meant to be a self-control thing. It's not meant to be, oh, I shouldn't watch that 
thriller because it's bad for my energy, but I really want to. The ideal is that you start to care so much about how you think and feel that watching a thriller feels so uncomfortable to you that you literally can't do it anymore. And I'm saying this from personal experience. I used to love thrillers. I stopped watching them for a while. Yes, I use self-discipline to do that. But then it got to a place where I literally couldn't watch it because the feeling it brought me was became so obvious to me that I could no longer do that to my system. It felt so uncomfortable. And that the same went for like really heavy violence, anything like that. I was just not going to put myself through that any longer. I'm also... And also music, that is a really big one too. Unfortunately, a lot of popular music revolves around narratives that are actually really depleting. Lots of it is focused around heartbreak and being treated badly and dominating each other. And all of these stories leave an imprint on your energy. I know I'm like taking all the fun out of life, right? But Here's the thing, okay, the more you are able to regulate your own energy, the less these things will start to bother you, okay, but it does take some time, and up front, you become very sensitive, you're quite raw, because you become so aware of where you're at, that you want to kind of start just being a little protective of yourself, but once you start to really develop a a very concrete sense of who you are and how you feel and how you want to feel. You can watch the odd thing and listen to the odd thing and it doesn't affect you so much because your inner being is, you're much more connected with your inner being, okay? That light part of who you are. But upfront, when you're first really approaching self-sabotage and you're really serious about making some concrete changes to who you are and how you feel, just being really aware of what you're exposing your system to will be really, really helpful to you. Okay, and the third one is really vital because I've given you two tools now that you can start to use, but what you're going to experience, and understandably enough, is that, okay, you might start off with trying to talk positively to yourself for maybe the two, three, four hours after you've heard this podcast or watched this video. But inevitably, you're going to say something to yourself that's not so helpful. Why? Because you've spent years talking to yourself that way. And amazingly enough, after, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour, however long this is going to be, you aren't able to change overnight like that. It takes practice. And how do you work with yourself? How do you work with that existing self-sabotage as you move through this process? You do not fight it. You do not shame it. You do not resist it in any way. Because if you're to resist yourself, if you're to resist that voice, I'll give you an example. You're going to do something with your work and you're scared because you feel that it's going to backfire, right? Now you've listened to this podcast, you know that that voice is a self-sabotage voice. It's not your truth, okay? Remember, your truth, your 
pure, honest self is that beaming light, that powerful light that is right down your center. That light has no darkness. It has no fears. It has no doubts. It just is. It just shines brightly like the sun. The sun doesn't need batteries. It just shines. That's exactly what you are. Okay. And it's those little voices that are like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't send that email. And then if you send the email, it's the voice that comes straight in after and says, oh my God, what have you done? That, that is classic self-sabotage. Okay. And what that voice is doing is trying to stop you doing things that put you in danger, okay? So it's got a good intention potentially, but we don't, so we don't want to criminalize it because when we criminalize it, all we're doing is criminalizing a part of ourselves. So we're just creating more internal conflict. So what we actually want to do is accept it. We want to parent it. We want to see that part of ourselves as a child, okay? Don't worry about whether it is your inner child or it isn't your inner child, irrelevant. What we wanna do is start showing up for ourselves in this really loving way and to, and to potentially be the parents that we never had, okay? And see that voice internally, observe, ah, oh, wow, that doesn't feel so good. No matter what happens, I'm gonna find my way. It's okay, I'm safe. I'm going to navigate this, okay? So it's really important to just start working with the voice inside that is potentially being quite destructive and accepting it and just saying to it, I accept your point of view. I accept you, okay? And what you'll find is the more you can accept it, the less power it's going to have because it's being acknowledged by you. And as we all know, acknowledgement is the first step to healing. Okay, so this is the so this is the number one way for you to actually start that healing process. My final recommendation is that you get some support, that you go and see an energy healer, you come to me even, or you go to a therapist of some description, whoever feels right for you is going to be your person, okay? You might have friends recommend somebody, but if that person doesn't feel right to you, if when you go onto their website, you're like, mm, not my jam, don't do it. Do what feels right for your heart, because the person that you're drawn to is the person that has your medicine. OK, what I want to say with the, the, the energy healing part, or sorry, the healing part is that what will most likely happen is you're going to discover that this voice is the band-aid to this injury, this heart injury you've been carrying. And through the support that you receive, you'll actually discover the strength, the addition, the benefit that this experience can have to your life. And, and this is what this green, this internal signal has been trying to communicate to you is that this self-sabotage does not have to dominate, rule and destroy you. It can, it's the calling card to tell you that there's parts of you that have yet to be seen and that receiving help, receiving support, taking the time to invest in yourself is the most powerful way for you to actually shrug off this self-sabotage because you can do that. That voice does not have to be in control of you any longer. 
you will find when you start to work with it that it will decrease in volume and it will eventually disappear altogether. Sometimes sooner than you expect. And sometimes it's within days. Other times it's months, sometimes years. It depends how big the injury is, how effective the healing is, and how ready you are to let it go. Because as weird as it might sound, we become attached to pretty much everything, <laughs> including our pain. And as any healer will tell you, it's about releasing ourselves from that attachment that will help us heal. And, and recognizing that self-sabotage is an invitation to let your light shine more powerfully. Just let the light that flows so naturally through you be seen. And the more you can heal, the more you can take the time to clear the, the clouds, the brighter, the lighter, and the more powerful you'll be. So on a final note, I would like to share with you a course that I run, which is actually specifically designed to help people with, with self-sabotage. It's called the Alchemize Method, and it's actually a 10-week journey that I guide you through personally. And it does a lot of what we've just described. It basically takes you on a curated journey, which I've designed to carefully guide you through this process of shedding these beliefs, these ideas about yourself and rediscovering this light within you and rediscovering who you as an individual is. Because most of the time, the identity that we are living, that we've created is an amalgamation of other people's beliefs and ideas about who we should be. And it's only when we start to shed all of that in healing our self-sabotage that we begin to recognize that we're actually potentially quite a different individual. And this course is about doing that work, clearing the way, discovering who you are, and then exploring who you want to become and giving you the tools to do that. So if you're interested in learning more about the Alchemize Method, you can go to my website, www.kaywilson.love, or you can just email me directly at hello at kwilson.love and I can give you more information. I hope that this has been helpful and I look forward to seeing you for the next episode. Take care.